0: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
1: Welcome, everybody, to a Baseball America Draft podcast. I'm Connor Glassie, and joining me today is Nathan Rohde, and we're finally back in uh beautiful Durham, North Carolina after a, a busy summer out on the road.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You've been uh you've been on the West Coast for a few weeks. I've been in and out of the office going to Lakeland for East Coast Pro and it's uh it's been a crazy summer and it's uh it's finally winding down.
1: Yeah, yeah, so we're picking up where we left off the last time you and I did a draft podcast. It was um right after Tournament Stars and after the college national team was here. So since then, you've been out to East Coast Pro. That was your first time out there. I went out to Area Code, the Area Code Games, and that was my first time out there. So, you know,
0: just tell everybody what what East Coast Pro was like. How was that experience for you? It was way too hot. Yeah. (laughs) I tried to warn you. I know, um, but I don't think any warning can really prepare you for that. I was telling people all week that the only time that I can actually remember being hotter I was in the Amazon jungle, so <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was it was pretty crazy. Triple triple digit heat index every day, yeah. humidity like crazy. But just cooks out there. Yeah, it's ridiculous, and there's no shade. No I think the best advice it. I gave
1: you was pretty much steal all the towels from your hotel and bring them to the park because you're going to need them not just for sweat, but to lay around. You pretty much have to. Create a barrier of towels around you so that you don't burn your skin from you can't sit on the, the seats metal seats or rest your arms. The zipper on your
0: bag—that's the one that got me. <laughs> right on the underside of your arm. Ooh, yeah, it's it's pretty miserable. And uh, the fact that it's moving to Syracuse next year—we uh, don't know obviously who's going yet—but I'm sure that'll be much nicer. Uh, so, yeah. but the talent there was very good. I was. Uh, you know, glad to see some of the arms, uh, you know, again, kind of get a, a second look at them or an eighth look, you know, with Lance McCullers. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it was also good to see some of the hitters that I had not seen before. I had only heard about them. Uh, some guys that really jump out are like David Dahl. Uh, you know, he's a left-handed hitting outfielder. And uh, we saw him at Turn the Stars for two days, and then he just – Disappeared, right. and It turns out that after the second day, he came, out, he came down with mononucleosis. Yeah, because um, I,
1: I remember really liking him at, at PG National. I was like, hey, you got to check this guy out, but then he was barely there. So yeah, you, you so didn't get a great look at him at Didn't get COS.
0: a good look at all at him. I mean, I can go back and look at my notes. I might not even have anything written down. Right. Um, so he had mono, and he missed five weeks, and his first action back was East Coast Pro. He got cleared to play and went right into East Coast Pro. You know, almost no warm up. And he told me he was playing at 80%. And if that was 80%, I'd love to see 100% because yeah. it was pretty good. The guy yeah. has showed five tools. He showed that he can run, he can hit, he can hit for power, he can play defense, and he's got arm strength because he threw a guy out of the plate from right field on an absolute frozen rope to the plate. So uh, it's a he pretty goes, swing, too. Right. It's, yeah. a, it's a good swing. And, uh, you know, when we were watching uh, some of the ACC tournament and, you know, we had all those scouting directors and cross checkers standing around us as we approached the draft. I was talking to one of the scouting directors about, you know, the difference between, you know, certain high school hitters and which one do you like, you know, and we were talking about Cam Gallagher versus Derek Fisher. And he told me, when you see a guy like Derek Fisher, take him, left-handed hitter, and look at what he can do to the opposite field. If he can hit the ball to the, with authority to the opposite field, you've got something. And David Dahl did that. Uh, you know, he he really hammered some balls to the opposite field and also showed the ability to pull the ball uh, with power. So, you mm-hmm. know, I that kind of stuck out in my mind as being reminded from a scouting director about that. And... So he definitely is one that sticks out, Lewis Brinson. I think. Hold on, just to interrupt. I think going to the opposite field
1: for hitters is kind of like showing feel for a changeup for pitchers. Right. But I mean, absolutely. The fastball is the pull power, and yeah. everybody, you know, all, all the main guys can do that. Mm-hmm. But if you can go op- opposite field with authority, that really, you know, shows the scouts something.
0: Yeah, I think that's a that's a good a, a way to line it up, and, you know, for comparison's sake. But Lewis Brinson, if you want to talk about power? Holy cow! Yeah, this guy has huge raw power. You know. When he walked past me, this was the first time I had seen him. You know, I had heard about him, you know, how toolsy he was and how athletic he was. And he walked past me, and it was just wow. You know, it's that Dexter Fowler, Dominic Brown like trim, you know, frame that you think, okay, if it stays like that, it's good. But if he fills out, Holy cow, he could be a monster. Cameron Mabin was a guy that came to mind. And that's a, yeah. exactly it. That's another guy. Like, Cameron Mabin, you see him in high school and you call him projectable, and he's he's definitely stronger than he was in high school, but he's still kind of that trim, you know, wiry strength guy. So yeah. Brinson can be that, or he can fill out and just be a behemoth of a guy. Yeah. Um. But he's got a quick bat, just big raw power, but he's raw. So there's a lot to his game that he needs to – Kind of polished, but he's one of those guys that you really dream on what he could become if he if he hits. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's a I think high risk, high reward guy. He's
1: got those long limbs, so he can he can look bad at the plate when he gets jammed. Mm-hmm. But then when he when he gets extended and gets his arms into it, the ball just goes. I mean, he he won mm-hmm. the Under Armour Home Run Derby out mm-hmm. there at, at, in Chicago right after you know you saw him down there at Disco's Pro.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. So he's. Uh, you know, he's good. And then uh, I have a guy that's a, that's a sleeper for me that, you know, I really took a liking to on the first day. And then on day two, I was talking to a scout, and he was like, hey, you know who I really like? And it was the same guy. It was Devon. It's always a good feeling. I know. <laughs> it's a great feeling when the scout comes up and says, you know who I really like? And it's the same guy that you're thinking of. It's Devon McClure. He's a kid from, I think it's Jacksonville High School in Arkansas. Uh, you know, he's an outfielder. Uh, he's, a, he's a good runner. He, he's not – he he's probably not, you know, above like a sixty and above average runner, but he's kind of in that fifty five to sixty range where, you know, he'll rip off a good sixty time like a six seven. Um but you know, if he gets stronger and fills out some maybe he slows down a tick, but but he can run. You know, yep. he's a good runner. Um but he really handled the bat well. You know, he squared a lot of balls up and there's a lot of whip to the bat. You know, the bat really gets through the zone and he shows that he can really hit the ball at all fields. The fact that he square balls up consistently, you know, that really stuck out for me. So, yeah. he's uh he's going to be an interesting one to watch Is an I wanna see how he Yeah, he's an outfielder. Okay. So, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he develops and how and track his progress not only through the fall but uh, you know, into the spring. Okay. Yeah. So so right after um uh, <clears throat> Right after
1: you were out there at East Coast Pro, I went down to Area Code Games. It was my first time down there. And uh, I know I was loving pestering you with text messages telling you how nice the weather was. About through my phone through <laughs> a wall. It was uh, pretty much the exact opposite of East Coast Pro in terms of weather. It was perfect. Uh, a little chilly, actually. I mean, I had to wear a jacket most of the time. It was about Boo. 70, 75 Boo. degrees. <laughs> Can't complain. But there was some there was some really good talent out there as well. There, You know, there were some, a lot of... Top guys missing from like the southeast, a lot of the top Florida Georgia guys weren't there some of the North Carolina South Carolina guys weren't there um, but overall it's a great event because you've got guys from all over the country mm-hmm. and the teams are picked by scouts so mm-hmm. it's not one of these pay for you know pay to play events uh, so it's the cream of the crop pretty much aside from a few guys who wanted to uh rest up for whatever reason but you know a couple of the guys that stood out for me there was actually I think coming into earlier in the summer, we thought that catching might be a weakness in this class, but there were a few guys out there that really jumped out. I think I wrote about catchers three days in a row on the blog. <laughs> uh, so so two of those guys, Wyatt Matheson is a catcher from Cal Allen High School in Texas, and um, he's interesting because he was catching down there, but normally for his high school team, he plays shortstop and pitches because he's he's so athletic. They, they feel that's better for them is to you use see that out a there a lot shortstop. with high school
0: teams. You know, the best athlete plays yeah. shortstop because it's the most important position for a high school team, and, you know, your best athlete's going to be able to handle it. So it's exactly. not surprising. Exactly. But, uh, you know, catcher is like his
1: natural position. So he was back there, and obviously he was a little bit uh, rusty back there because he told me he hadn't been back there in, in five months. So, um, but you can really see the athleticism and uh, the strength and, and the you know, the arm strength uh, really play for him back there. And I think, um, you know, he has, he has a shot to at least, you know, start out back there. I mean, I think there is some work that still needs to be done just because he hasn't done it too much over the past few years. But uh, the tools are definitely there. And he, he showed a strong bat as well. He hammered the ball um, and, and mentioned to me that he might even try switch hitting this fall. Interesting. Just, uh, it was really funny. He was like – He's like, yeah, in the fall, you know, me and my friends, we just kind of goof around. We play some tennis, and uh, you know, the, that backhanded hit in tennis. I, I really think I could do some switch hitting in baseball. So he's gonna, he's gonna give it a shot. We'll see <laughs> if that pans <laughs> I think out he might or be in not. for but... <laughs> a
0: surprise when he steps in the cage yeah. as opposed to the tennis court, yeah. but but
1: that'll be interesting to follow. Another kid was Clint Coulter, uh, really strong kid from Washington State uh, down there in the Vancouver area, close close to Portland, but. uh, Big, strong kid, and he's kind of the opposite of Matheson in that he used to play shortstop, and now he's just learning how to catch. He's only been catching for a couple years now, but he has a good mentor. His his high school coach is former big league catcher Tom Lampkin. I don't know if you remember Tom Lampkin. I do, of course, because he played for the Mariners for a while. <laughs> I think he played in the big leagues 15 or 16 years. Mm-hmm. So good guy to have on your side when you're trying to learn the in, ins and outs of the position, but um, physical kid and just crushed the ball all week, hit the ball really hard. Uh, Even his outs were hit hard. I think – I'm pretty sure – you know, I did that article about Trackman, about the company that was recording all the data out there Mm -hmm. with the spin rate and things like that, and he was one of the guys that uh, had the most consistent, you know, top exit speeds off the bat throughout the whole week. So just hit the ball hard out there. And um, One other – Position player was vincent jackson he we actually had seen him a little bit this summer
0: uh at one of the events but and I, I know I he's saw at him East somewhere. Coast pro I remember seeing him there okay he's he definitely is uh athletic and looks strong yeah uh, he didn't have a didn't have a great week there, but you could see that there was there was something in there yeah that you know had, there were the ingredients that you know if he puts it together it that That's that
1: sort of the same out here at, at airico i mean I don't think he's a you know top top guy but just has enough there to be really interesting. He he has that lean, wiry build, kind of like Brinson. Me, six four, hundred eight pounds. So he's a guy that even among all these players that are the top guys from around the country, he stands out physically. You look at him and go, wow. You know, I, I want to know who that guy is because it's a great build. There's still room for projection and strength there. And um, you know, to his advantage, he's left left. He's not right right like Brinson is. He he's left left, which is interesting. And the ball really jumps off his bat. So. He's a guy that I think just if he adds some strength, you know, and can add a little more power, he's going to be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a pitcher that jumped out to me out there that I hadn't seen at all was Freddie Avis from Menlo High School in, in California. This was actually the first year that Northern California got their own team at because Usually they've just sprinkled in some Northern Cal guys into the two Southern California teams. Mm-hmm. But uh, Northern California is kind of coming on as a hotbed. I mean – A lot of those guys end up going to college, but there's some really good names coming out of Northern California. I mean, you've got Pat Burrell, Brett Wallace. uh, Most most of the Stanford guys end up being NorCal guys. Yeah, Brandon Bosch and Jason Castro. David Cooper's from up there, Brandon Crawford. Yeah.
0: And Menlo School is where the Krogers went.
1: Sure, yeah. So it's, you know, I think having a a NorCal team is justified. And Freddie Avis is a right-hander that went out there. He's got a great build. He's 6'2", 180, really quick arm, and he was – uh, he sat 992, but he was, you know, one of only six guys to touch 93 or better out there. He he touched 93. Um, and there was, you know, like 100 pitchers out there. So that was pretty impressive. And it hit, in his two innings of work, he only gave up one single, which was actually to Vincent Jackson. So,
0: um, mm-hmm. I apologize. Brendan Bosch went to Harvard-Westlake in SoCal, but he went that's to right. Cal. That's right. So that's why I associate him with NorCal. Yeah.
1: But Brett Jackson. Brett mm-hmm. Jackson's from up there. Um so, those were those were a few of the guys that jumped out to me in terms of guys that hadn't seen too much, you know, the rest of the summer. So,
0: that's that. So, um, we uh, have some uh, questions from some Twitter guys. Do you have the uh... – no. I know – okay, the first question is from um, Super
1: Reader Joe Locates, and he wants <laughs> yes. to know who are – You know, he says, you know, you know, it's early, but who are the top five high school pitchers in this class, and who are the top five high school hitters? Now, you and I have kind of—I don't think we have a consensus on this just yet.
0: Yeah, we haven't. We don't have a consensus yet, and even when I say them, I don't have them in order because I'm still trying to figure it out. So we're just spitballing here, Joe. We're gonna we're gonna throw out some names, Um, but like you said,
1: it's early, and you know, we haven't we haven't even really started to run. Used by teams yet. You know, we haven't Mm -hmm. really put together our our list or anything like that just yet. But for me, the top five pitchers that stand out are Lucas Giolito, Lance McCullers, uh, Lucas Sims, and then Walker Weichel and maybe Max Fried. But, but, you know, even then, you know, I I listed those five and I'm like, well, it leaves out some really good guys. I mean, Taylor Cherry, Hunter Verant, Ty Hensley. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, How about you? What do you think about, top pitchers you, you well, for the pitchers guys? uh lucas giolito yeah lance mccullers right off the bat you know stand out uh i said hunter varant yeah and i love walker weichel you know, yeah he's not a premium velocity guy but when you look at aside from a guy like lucas giolito when you look at the other guys near that top i think he's the best package of a guy that has a chance at starting even though he's not like a you know, up a, to a ninety-five, ninety-six guy. He's like Not yet, eighty-nine, ninety-two, but, yeah. but he's got the frame. You know, six-six, two hundred pounds, still some more room. Throws you know, strikes, deep throw strike, down, downhill, downhill, mixes downhill, the pitches, and a good curveball. Yeah. So I really, really like Walker Weichel, So he's in yeah. there for me. I also mentioned, you know, Max Freed as being up there. You know, one of the yeah. top left-handers. Uh, I haven't seen Taylor Cherry pitch yet, but from everything I hear, you know, he's definitely in that. Discussion. Right up there, right up so there. In that Lucas mix. Sims, yeah. I think, is in that discussion as well so um no one's really separated themselves yeah i mean you definitely have the guys at the top like Giolito and mccullers from you know the velocity standpoint and pure stuff excuse me but uh after that it's it it really is kind of muddled right now and that's not a bad thing you know there's i think it's a deep class i I just think you know it hasn't been really defined yet yeah no i do too and and
1: you know Hunter Verant and Max Fried are, are really close, I think. Um, you know, They both have kind of points in their favor, and uh, they're really close. I think that debate will probably carry on into the spring, because I think they're kind of neck and neck. But Verant um, hasn't
0: been pitching as long. That's right. So that's he right. might have a little more upside.
1: Yeah, but Max Fried was actually one of those guys that touched 93 at Airy Codes. Mm-hmm. So
0: him and him and Gialita Gile- are going to be – nasty combination yeah if you've been following our uh, our high school blog or uh, us on twitter you know that max Fried, uh his high school montclair prep in van nuys california cut its entire athletic program and what they're obviously there's a lot you know, we know what's going on with the economy around yeah. the country and you know it's hitting uh the education system as well especially in southern california and i always hear from coaches out there talking about budget cuts here and there and You know, so Montclair Prep, in order to, I guess, try to save some money, not only did they cut their entire athletic program, but they went from being a 7th grade to 12th grade school to a ninth through 12th grade school. Oh, wow. So, you know, some of these kids that, you know, are athletes have to – they're essentially free agents, but other coaches can't call them because of, you know, recruiting rules. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the early speculation was, and now is true, that – Max Freed is going to go to Harvard Westlake and be in the same rotation as Lucas Giolito, which takes Harvard Westlake from being, you know, a good school with, you know, a couple of prospects, you know, you got Lucas Giolito and then, you know, some underclassmen to talk about to now having the best rotation in the country. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that should make things very interesting in Southern California. I can't imagine a team in their, uh, in their conference really, Coming close to challenging. I feel them sorry they, for the hitters in that league. Yeah, especially when you know one of their rising sophomores was their number two is going to be now their number three, and he was one of the best freshmen in the country last year in uh, yep. Jack Jack Flaherty. Um, so that should be a lot of fun to keep an eye on, see what Harvard Westlake does with uh, with that pitching duo. No doubt. So, but getting back to the rest of Joe's question with uh, hitters. Oh yeah, hitters.
1: That's a lot harder. I, <laughs> uh, it was easier for me to whip out the pitchers' names just because. There is that group of guys that have kind of emerged as the top tier. Hitters was tougher. Hitters, uh, and I, I think, you know, hitters just in general are tougher to evaluate. I think that that's part of what plays into it. But I, I also, you know, we're not seeing a Bubba Starling this year. There's nobody that's jumping out head and shoulders above mm-hmm. the rest of the pack like, like Bubba did last year. Or so so gonna, Machado the year before. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to reel off my names. I think your names are a little different. All right. Um, Okay, and and again, this is in no order. These are just the guys that, that came to mind. But I got Gavin Cicchini, mm-hmm. David Dahl, who we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, I, I went with Trey Williams and Nick Williams, although both, I think, are pretty tough to eva- evaluate for, for different reasons. And then I stuck with Carlos Correa, who I think, uh, you know, I saw him pretty good down there at PG National. I think you said he wasn't quite as good out there at East Coast Pro. Mm-hmm. But... Those are my five right now, and there are uh, there's another group of guys that that didn't make the cut that I think could easily, you know, be be argued into that group.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're close. We'll Get to those names later, but who who did you go with? We had three out of five similar. I okay. have Gavin Gicchini, uh Rio Ruiz, Jesse Winker, and those last two are the ones that are different from you. Then I also have David Dahl and Nick Williams. Yeah. So those are my guys right now, but, you know, like you said, there's a lot of other guys. And you haven't seen are... Trey. I haven't seen Trey Williams. That's yeah. And that's the reason I left him out, is I haven't really seen him in person yet to really, you know, get a good look at him. But from everything I hear, he is absolutely in that discussion. Yeah.
1: He.
0: You know, the the thing about – well, talk about
1: Nick Williams first, because Nick Williams I've seen more, and he he's kind of a confusing prospect because he'll do things out there that really make you go wow that that's unbelievable i mean you know just some of the the bat speed he shows even even sometimes it's outs are impressive just because it's like he just missed that ball and Mm -hmm. it was towering if he if it had just been you know (laughs) like a sixteenth of an inch yeah just just a tick higher up i mean that ball would have been gone but um you know nick williams and trey williams both hit really impressive opposite field home runs this summer. Mm-hmm. And we were we were talking about that earlier, about, you know, going opposite field. Nick Williams, it was at Tournament Stars. I think he got, like, brushed back, gets back in there, and smokes a line drive down the left field line for an opposite field home run. that just made you go, wow. That was a game we were broadcasting. Doing right, the I remember that one, yeah. And then Trey Williams, you know, I had heard all these things come in. He's one of these top names coming in this year, so I – had high expectations for him, you know. And then his his batting practice down there at PG, just it just looked okay. It mm-hmm. was, he looked a little tight. He looked like he was trying to impress too much or, you know, trying to live up to those ex- expectations. But then gets into the game and just goes with a pitch and sends a missile out to right center. So that that was my brief look at, at Trey Williams. So, you know, both those guys have, have done things that make you kind of scratch your head. I mean, Nick Williams is – It's pretty raw. I mean, he'll slide back into first base, feet first. He takes some really poor routes in the outfield. Mm -hmm. But he also does things that really impress you. And, you know, Trey is is a little bit the same way. I didn't get it. I haven't seen him as much, obviously, as Nick. But, you know, that opposite field home run stands out for me. So we'll see. I need to to bear down and, and ask guys around the country who have seen them a little bit more than you know more than we have and are are much smarter than we are to kind of figure out <laughs> the ones where, that actually guys do this gonna, for a living. Yeah, to figure out where these guys are going to rank when we rank them cuz i mean this is just us spitballing right here. Obviously when we do our our top, you know, top 100 high school list or whatever list we do for the draft, we run those things by scouts and and by professionals who are out there doing this for a living and not just writing about it like we are. So this is just us kind of throwing some names out there, but um yeah, there's two other guys you talked about would definitely be in that top mix for me. I think I also wrestle, you know, Carson Kelly has really, really impressed me this year. And I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he's actually one of the legit two-way guys. Yeah, I year, like. First. I was going to say, I like Kelly on the mound. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I really like him. I really ball, like him both change, ways, it. actually. But I, I think I like him better as a hitter. Um, Louis Brinson, who we talked about, Byron Buxton. And then, of course, Joey Gallo, who hit that mammoth home run at the All-American game down there in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of good, a lot of good hitters this year, and a lot of good pitchers too. So I think it's a, it's a deep class, which is what we've been saying since the beginning of the summer. I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We definitely, uh, you know, think it's very deep, and it's going to be interesting to see how the, uh, how the talent plays out. And I think you said that there was one other question. Uh, yeah, on one Twitter other question about. Uh, Let's see. I think Lance McCullers and uh, um, Stetson Alley. Okay. Yeah, I guess it's not showing up for you, but
1: it's from uh, Pat Hickey. He wanted to ask, um, how would you compare Lance McCullers to Stetson Alley at the same, you know, at the same stage?
0: It's a, it's an interesting comparison because if you haven't seen them in person and you're just kind of reading about him, the things that stick out are, uh, are fastball velocity and lack of uh, command, and uh, they certainly have those similarities, um, but I don't think you can. They're not a comp for one another uh Lance McCullers uh has a, a bit of a bit different body type. Uh Stetson Alley is definitely like barrel-chested big kid. Uh Lance McCullers is, is physical, uh, but not as big as, as yep. Stetson Alley yep. was in high school. Uh you know, certainly he'll get stronger in pro ball, but you know, he's not the same size as Stetson Alley. Uh they both have incredible fa- fastball velocity, you know, going from you know, 92 to 97, I think Stetson Alley touches a little bit higher, but I think their fastball velos are uh, pretty comparable. Yeah. Um, For me, the uh, the the secondary stuff is different. Stetson Alley had that plus slider, um, whereas Lance McCullers has the plus curveball. Uh, you know, those two pitches, I think it's arguable which one is, is better between the two. Um but uh for me, McCullers has a third pitch and a changeup that could be a plus pitch, whereas Stetson Alley really is just the fastball slider guy. And while McCullers command is by no means, you know, pinpoint, uh, it's better than Stetson Alley's. <laughs> you know, yeah. I know McCullers throws a lot of pitches and uh, you know, it can get a little erratic, but Stetson Alley uh was all over the place and still is. Yeah. Uh, so I think his command is is a lot worse. Uh, than where McCullers is now, so that being said, um, it still is an interesting comparison. Uh, I think it's, I think we both take McCullers I, pretty easily. I don't. Yeah, I I don't know how easy it is. Uh, I think there. It's it's fair to say that both are likely back to the bullpen. You know, power relievers, but I think McCullers has a better shot between the two to start. Uh, I, think, I agree with that. Uh, I don't think that, you know, is going out on a limb at all. Um, but I don't think, I don't think McCullers is a slam dunk to start either. Right. So, um, also Stetson Alley, I think was is a he little has mo- he pitched 200 innings in his life? Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, that, and that, and that's the thing is it's, it's hard to say what they're going to do until they actually get into pro ball and show you. Yeah. Um, but the other thing too, that stood out for me is Stetson Alley was pretty free and easy. Uh, and there's some effort to McCullers. um, it it's almost max effort, you know. His hat doesn't fall off and his shirt doesn't come untucked. Um, but uh, but it's by no means free and easy. But whereas Stetson Alley was a little more along those lines. So while you see the the velocity and the lack of command being similarities between those two, I think that's about where it stops. Yeah. So. And the fact that they both.
1: Try to play shortstop and like to hit <laughs> when, when, they, this, this when the uh, future for them is definitely on the mound. But. Yeah, they're absolutely both mound guys. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that wraps us up. If we don't have any other uh, Twitter questions rolling in. Don't see any more rolling in right okay. now. So. All right. Well, thank you for listening to another Baseball America Draft podcast. He's Nathan. I'm Connor. And remember... The Baseball America is a must-read for baseball fans from high school to the big leagues, and now you can try four issues for just four bucks by visiting wwwbaseballamericacom Network for this special offer, and we thank MLB Network for, for providing readers with that special offer. Four, four issues for four bucks is a heck of a deal. So thanks again for listening. Have a great weekend.